are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 120 on the disappearance of Brandon Schwanson. That's like not. I said that? No. Disrespectful. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was fixing to argue about that. <laughs> You're right. Swanson is the appropriate way go. to pronounce that, but no disrespect to Brandon. I just say things weird. You rolled really easily on that. I was thinking you're going to be like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, yeah. He's a missing person, right? He's, he's not been found. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So we want to get his those. last name right. It's Schwanson. Swanson. Don't you hate that though? Like whenever you watch Unsolved Mysteries, do you ever get like super pissed because you're like, oh, it's not solved. Like, why am yeah. I doing this to myself? I need to know the answers. This last like um unsolved mysteries that came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That one where it's like the teenage girl in the train. I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, and she gets yes. And yes. they find her shoes like a mile away, well, miles away down the road that she would have taken if she had whatever. That one really bothered me. What well, was like the last couple episodes we did with the um, serial killer on the train In the tracks? Olden days, yeah. Yeah, like if you got hit by a train, you would know, like people would know that you got hit by a train. Right. And she, she did get hit by the train. Do they have her body? Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think they found her body. Oh, we are going to have to just like recap this because I'm pretty sure they did. But it kind of seemed like maybe I'm completely mixing these up. Cut it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I thought they did, but it was very much like didn't make sense. Oh, they thought she committed suicide. They said she committed suicide. Yes. But that, like but nothing her... made sense for that. Right. And her parents were like, absolutely not. Yes, that. So some I think I mean it seems like somebody killed her, some group of people potentially. Um, but yeah, that one bothered me a lot. And can yeah. you imagine having a loved one that, that you know did not commit suicide and then the coroner's office or whoever comes back and they're like, oh, yeah, they definitely committed suicide. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's frustrating. I mean, do, that's man. Right. Well, and the mom is the one who found her shoes, right? Like she would just yeah. go walking and because the police weren't doing anything. So like that's how terrible to have to go and try and and. I would be the same way, though. Even if the police found things, I'd be like, there has to be more. Mm-hmm. So until we just... get this solved. Right. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, they're the segue. Worst. Disappearances. Yes. Awful. Disappearances. Yes. There is no body here. Okay. Just so we so, know. This. There's still hope. There is still hope. Mm. Back to business. What are you booming no. about? I mean, <laughs> mm, I I think I know what happened. I mean, okay, 
but so I wasn't we'll there. That, right? We will. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Let's back up. Let's go to the business. There's not a lot. Mm-hmm. What do we want to do? Like, share, subscribe? Yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not the first thing on the business list. <laughs> it isn't. But we always would love like, share, subscribe. You can join our Patreon for $2, $5 tier. We've got over 100 episodes on there. We'd love to have you. Um, free stickers too free stickers yes if you'd like a free sticker just holla at you girls and we'll get it in the mail a little yep. something to be thankful for is you guys free stickers always right oh. well and free stickers <laughs> us and them free stickers for you and we're thankful for you <laughs> yes we are uh we just have to take a minute out of our our podcast here and just shout out somebody super duper amazing yeah jamie she she's our ride or die man we met her through the podcast she's been doing our episode artwork as best as she can because we are terrible and we can't get our lives together we don't give her the episodes on time well i mean she's killing it and then you take into account the the fact that we're telling her what the topic is the day of after we were already supposed to release the episode and she's coming back with something oh yeah it's crazy we're hands we're (laughs) awful she's hands down amazing we love her we appreciate her thank you thank you jamie well we did schedule because we felt super bad about us feeling like we were abusing her uh so we planned out all of december and we've got all of the topics however you know those are subject to change we would like not to do that to her um but if you know we also would need episode suggestions for january so 2023 what do you want to hear we want to know and even if you don't have specific topics if you want to hear more of something like, yeah, oh, I want to hear more weird history stuff, or I want to hear more true crime or ghost stuff, you know, let us know. And we can try yeah. to squeeze those kinds of things in. Yeah, that that's good. Cause lately we've been heavily focused on murders. Hence why we're doing a disappearance. We've got some cult stuff coming up. Um, Winchester but, house. Yep. Some weird. Yeah. But we could always use more suggestions. Excuse me. Bless you and your whole heart. <laughs> that just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so please let us know and we will do our best to fit that in. We do. We really do try to hit everything that you guys want to hear because we're doing this because you listen to us. So, yep. Anyway, do you have anything else for business? No. Well, another thing we could say is happy Thanksgiving. Well, I was going to save that until the end. Well, I ruined it. Uh, I mean, you can still say say that at the end. I know. I don't know how many people make it to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. We should front load this. Happy Thanksgiving, friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, now that. That is the end, right? That's all the business we have. That is all the business we have. Okay. Will you get us started on Brandon Schwanson? Again. (laughs) 
<laughs> she can't help it. I'll try to be better. <laughs> Brandon Swanson was born January 30th, 1989 in Marshall, Minnesota. So he is young. Younger than us. I, I think I am young. So, yes. Um, 32. In Marshall, Minnesota. He graduated from Marshall High School in 2017 and decided he wanted to study wind turbines. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. He graduated and then he wanted to study wind turbines. So he chose. It says he graduated in 2017. Oh, that's 2007. Okay, fair. That makes more sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one, like, that little pesky little one. It's like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, 2007. He decided he wanted to study wind turbines and chose to study a year at Minnesota West Community and Technical Campus near Canby. March 13th, 2008, classes at Minnesota West ended, but Brandon decided to stay in Canby to celebrate with his classmates. He was 19 years old. Yes. I thought you were like, like trying to say that he should, he didn't study wind turbines. Like, <laughs> oh no, by all means study the wind turbines but please <laughs> please don't be born in 1989 and graduating high school in 2017 <laughs> but if you do do that it's totally fine yeah well i need okay okay but we it need is to know totally why fine but i need to know why yeah what yeah. happened anyway may 14th 2008 a bit after midnight, Brandon started his 30-mile trek home from a party to celebrate the end of the semester. He attended two parties and then decided that he was going to go home. Any party that I've ever been to, especially two of them, I'm not okay to drive. Mm -mm. But, you know, maybe Brandon was fine. Speaking to his friends who were at the party, Brandon was seen drinking, but he was not drunk like to seem visibly intoxicated. So okay, that's so he's good. Like taking it slow, right? Yeah, sure. As he was driving, he accidentally drove his car off the road and into a ditch. Not good. Yeah. So, so maybe who he knows? Did drink some. I mean, ditches don't typically pop out at you. I don't know. Who's to say he might have just you know maybe there was an animal in the road or something. That could happen. That's correct. And in wait, is it March or May? Oh, this is May. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I was back to March thinking maybe it was snowing. Nope, probably not. Just before 2 a.m., he called his parents telling them he had driven off the road in his Chevy Lumina and he could not get the car out of the ditch. He wasn't hurt and wanted them to pick him up. His parents, Annette and Brian, got into their pickup truck and drove to where Brandon said he was. The phone would occasionally drop during the call because of tower switches, but they would reconnect. Brandon stayed in his car and tried to flash his lights on and off to signal them to where he was, but his parents saw nothing and he did not see them. Hmm. Right. It's very so, weird. Brandon didn't know where he was? So Brandon told his parents that he was going to leave his car and walk towards the lights that he saw up ahead he believed that he was near Lind, which was a small town about seven miles from Marshall. 
He told his dad to stop looking for him on the side of the road to head to a parking lot of a local bar and wait for him there. But uh, Brandon agreed. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. Brian agreed, his dad, but kept talking to his son while he was on the way. Because that's scary, walking on a dark road. Yeah, you don't want to just leave them to be walking without talking. At 2.30 a.m., 47 minutes into the call, Brandon interrupts himself on the phone and said, oh, shit. And then the line went silent. That would be so scary. Right. Yes. His parents hung up and attempted to call him back multiple times, but he did not pick up. At 6.30 a.m. that morning, his parents reported Brandon missing to the Lind police. That had to have been a terrifying four hours of driving around in the dark trying to find your kid. Right. Absolutely. Ter- gut-wrenching. Ugh. And like any missing persons case that we've discussed in the past, they told them that they needed to wait. And that this type of behavior was not uncommon among men his age. The police told his mother that it was Brandon's right to be missing. How infuriating. I'm sorry, but if the last words to me on the phone are, oh shit, and then the call drops, that's enough reason. That's like, right. It's not his right to be missing. He's not trying to be missing. He was lost. He didn't know where he was, apparently. And he said, oh, shit, and the line dropped. Like, that should be enough to immediately start looking for somebody. Absolutely. Plus, he called his parents to come find him. He wasn't trying to be missing. He was trying to be found. I would be belligerent AF. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nobody nobody would want to deal with me. (laughs) No, I would be in jail probably because that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was reading that and I was just like, you have got to be uh, the right to be missing. Are you insane? Are you insane? Do you think that that could happen here? Like, I don't know why, but like, I just feel like if I went to the cops and this situation was happening, they would go look. They would go look. I would hope to God you that have that's to wait. true. Right. They might say you have to wait to file, like officially file the report, but I feel like they would start looking. I, I don't I know. would hope. I would hope so. I mean, it's very, there are things, you know, his car's in a ditch. He said, oh shit. Then I can't get a hold of him. Like, I don't know where the hell he is. These are all things. Danger. Exactly. Exactly. So later that morning, the Lind police did start a search for Brandon. Who knows though, like how late, like any already at 630, you know what I mean? There's been hours they already waited, and any time after when I came in there is too late. <laughs> Get right. out. Right. So I don't. I don't know exactly what time they started looking. Hopefully at six thirty-five, but I doubt mm-hmm. it. Uh, the Lynn police started a search for Brandon, but there was no trace of him inside or outside of the town. They requested the office of Lyon County Sheriff Joe Dahl to help with the case. With the help of Lyon County, they pulled Brandon's cell phone records, and it showed that Brandon was not near Lind County, but was actually near Porter, which was 25 miles in a different direction than he said he was. So maybe uh, maybe he was a little drunk. Yeah. I mean, you it don't know where like you are. It sounds like these are like country roads, right? Yes. But I feel, no, you probably didn't have GPS back then. 
no i what? think we were still printing out MapQuest directions i think so too so it wasn't like you could turn on your google maps and get there yeah, so um, if you made a wrong turn, you were going to go the wrong way until you realized you were going the wrong way, right? And you, there might not have been any signs because it does seem like it was, yeah, country roads. So maybe there wasn't any indicator as to where he was heading or where mm -hmm. he was at. Yeah. With the new location, deputies discovered Brandon's abandoned car along Lincoln County line a mile north of Highway 68. They included Lincoln County Sheriff Jack Bezecki into the investigation. Jack told the media that the Lumina had gotten hung up on the top of an incline at the edge of the road. It didn't do any serious damage, but it did enough to stop the wheels from touching the ground, which is why he could not get the car out of the ditch. There was nothing else found odd in the car, and due to the grass and gravel terrain, there were no tracks to tell which way Brandon might have started walking. But they should know because he started walking towards lights yes correct correct but not to the town that he thought that he was heading towards no because he went the wrong way apparently and i don't know there could be lights and i mean i would assume he would go toward the light so that would indicate there would be no lights the other way right but who who knows, who knows at this knows point sure right um so cell phone records indicate that his last call was routed through a tower at the intersection of County Routes 3 and 10 near Minota, another town along Highway 68. By May 15th, the call had been determined to have come within five miles of that tower. A perimeter was set up, and that's where they concentrated their search efforts. Since part of that perimeter included Yellow Medicine County to the north, authorities from that jurisdiction also took part in the search. So they are including multiple. They got everybody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which they're, good. They're trying. Yes. This is this is good. The sheriff from Lyon County, Joel Dahl, noted that from the area, a red light atop a taunting green elevator could be seen. He thought it was possible that this was the light Brandon had seen that led him to believe that Lind was in walking distance. I think Brandon was drunk. Yeah. It we're not, sounds like. I'm not saying yeah. anything bad about no, it. No, we're not victim blaming or anything like that. It just, it just there's sounds a lot like of he's things. making some choices. <laughs> he's confused. Yeah. yeah. Yes. If you saw a light on a green tower, I don't think I would think that was a town. I'd be like, hey, there's one single red light. <laughs> right. Right. That's not like a, it's not <laughs> like the Vegas strip. I'm going to walk towards that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The authorities did ground searches, flyovers by an aerial team, and got search dogs on the ground. A team of bloodhounds that came in from South Dakota picked up a three-mile scent trail that followed field roads west-northwest to an abandoned farm. Then, along Yellow Medicine River, to a point where it appeared to enter the stream. Now, like, why are you going to do that? Right. Go in the river, go out of the river, go back in the river... I I don't know how I need to see these qualifications of these bloodhounds. Well, it didn't say he went in and out of the river yet, right? It just says he went into the stream. But, like, why would you you go to an abandoned farm, then go along the river, and then go into the stream? Like, if I'm just trying to get home, I'm not going into a stream. 
No. Maybe if I was trying to get away from somebody. Yeah. I might go into the stream. An abandoned farm. I don't like that. No. Who knows what was in there? During his call with his parents, Brandon did mention passing fences and hearing nearby water. Boats from the state's Department of Natural Resources were deployed along the river and gates were installed. In some areas in Lincoln County, the water had been 10 feet deep on the morning of the disappearance, but had gone down since then. Deputies walked the riverbanks and horses and all-terrain vehicles were deployed in the surrounding areas. However, Dahl ruled out a more organized, extensive ground search. Because he didn't, he thought it was, he was somewhere on land. Yeah. After the original searches that found no sign of Brian, most of their efforts discontinued. Sheriff Vizeki continued to walk the two miles of yellow medicine in the area every day for 30 days. That's dedication right there. Good for him. Yeah. He's trying. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. The Swansons left their porch light on all night, every night, as a symbol of hope that uh, Brandon would eventually return home or be found and still do to this day. Yeah, that is terrible. Oh, my heart. Oh, I know. It's so sad. And what else? I mean, what else can you do? That I called him Brian because you put Brian in the notes, but it's Brandon. Brian's his dad. Hmm? Brandon would eventually return home. No, after the original searches that found no sign of Brian, oh but it should be yeah so here we go so there was a little confusion i actually typed these up as brian instead of brandon and then his dad's name was brian and it made me like look at it again and i was like oh it's been brandon the whole time oh, wait a second yeah ah, so so you missed mm, one That's yes okay. so my apologies on that it was very confusing going back and forth <laughs> between the two <laughs> That's so sad. His poor parents. Mm -hmm. Searches resumed later that fall after fields planted shortly after the disappearance had been harvested. Dogs on those searches continue to follow scents of human remains into an area northwest of Porter that had not been searched earlier. Efforts did pick up um, again in the spring after snow melted, but before planting a cycle that continued through 2011 by the time 122 square miles had been searched. So they were really like putting in the work trying to find this kid. So while the beginning of like he can be missing if he wants to be missing, at least they yeah. are, are doing what they should be doing. More efforts than definitely. we've seen in a lot of cases. That's definitely true. In 2010, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension took over as lead agency on the case. It set up a tip line uh, by 2015 where 90 leads were reported. By that point, when official searches resumed, the area of interest had moved towards the Mud Creek, um, a tributary of the Yellow Medicine north and south or northwest of Porter. So their searches keep kind of moving around. Yeah. So we've got, uh, you know, some there's a lot of theories out there. Most people feel that Brandon fell into the Yellow Medicine River and drowned, um, which I also think so. Uh, but his mother doesn't think so. While dogs were on the scent that went to the water, it continued to the other side. So that's why I said he went in and then went out and then went back in. Um, mm-hmm. 
it and along the riverbank to another gravel road where it continued toward the yellow medicine county line and ended so it did go back out of the water again she told cnn isn't it it is very weird and and if it was 10 feet deep I mean, you're not wading through little water. You're like, yeah, swimming. It doesn't say it's it's at in some places, so it doesn't mean it was not ten feet deep where that was. But it's just would... weird to go into the stream. Period. Yeah. Like yes. you were on the road that your car was on. I would just go back to my car and go to sleep, mm-hmm. and wake up in the morning. If it was off the road, get me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what that's what I would have done. I would not have gone into a stream. It seems like, like somebody was chasing him, right? Either my theory is, is that he was walking along trying to get to the light and slipped and said, oh shit, and fell into the river. And then he was swept away and got mm. stuck under something or was drowned. He drowned. That's my theory. That makes sense okay. to me. But yes, especially with like the dogs, like sniffers and like going in and going out. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's just weird. That does make it weird. So anyway, uh, she told CNN that there really is nothing to indicate he's in the river. Brian, his father, recalls that any alcohol his son had consumed earlier in the evening um, while he was talking to his son, he didn't seem like he was disoriented or confused or anything like that during their conversations. Now, Which, I know as a child, I was pretty good at acting sober. I'm just going to say that. I mean, not, not to you, but like, I feel like I fooled some people. <laughs> really? I don't know. I don't know. Did I not? <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, I remember... A while ago. I mean, it's been a minute, but I was talking to my mom and the the first time I got drunk, she picked me up from the person's house and I thought I pulled it off, like got home and then went straight to bed. And I was like, she had no idea. Yeah. And then when I was telling her about it, I'm like, do you remember how I would go over to Corey's house and Melissa was over there, blah, blah, blah. And I was like this one time. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm not gonna call you out. You just went to bed. It was fine. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, but I remember yeah. I got dr- so drunk when I was still living at home, and I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning, and we had to go to a graduation party for my cousin. And uh, I, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I spent the night at somebody else's house and then I drove home and I had to be there early because we were leaving and I got out of my car. I walked up to the yard and I puked (laughs) everywhere. And my mom was like washing her car at seven in the morning for some ungodly reason. And she's like, what's what's wrong with you? And I was like, I had really bad Taco Bell and it's just not sitting well. I think I have food poisoning. (laughs) And she says that she knew, which she probably did. However, yeah. Taco Bell food poisoning. Like that that, that Taco happen. Bell smells a lot like <laughs> vodka. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. I feel like parents usually know. I don't know. And if you were, this is my thought. 
if you were drunk enough to see a red light and think it was a town and you were drunk enough to like go into a river and potentially drown in it, I feel like you would have to be drunk enough for whoever is on the phone with you to, to know, know that. Well, yeah. but also have you been super trashed and then something crazy happened and you are sober in like a second? Like you're like, yeah. holy crap. I feel like if you drove your car into a ditch that would be an oh shit moment for sure. And you would be but he's still drunk enough to be like, there's a town over this way with this little red light. No, sure. For sure. I mean, it's like moths to a flame. You're in the pitch black darkness. Of course, you're going to walk towards the light. Yeah, sure. Huh. But maybe he didn't. Know. Maybe he didn't see there was a river there. And he maybe, maybe got too close and slipped or something. I mean, I talking to me i'm the most accident prone person ever i would definitely fall yeah. in the river you would you're drawn to those types of situations <laughs> it's true so if brandon is still alive there are other possibilities although they appear remote he could have intentionally disappeared but his parents don't think he would have done that and it doesn't sound like it no there the why would you do all of that yeah, and you don't go to, like, parties before you're going to intentionally just dis- yeah, that doesn't No. Vizeki said he could not rule out foul play, even though there were no evidence to point. There was no evidence of it. Someone could have been in the shadows, and they got him that way, he speculated. So yeah. that's a definite possibility. I think it uh, was that. <laughs> that somebody, there is some foul play there. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what happened, but I think it was probably that more likely. That seems more likely to me than him, you know, drowning in a river that he didn't have to go into. The only know? thing I could think, I don't think that he intentionally wanted to go into the river. I think he how fell. many places? Yeah, but like how many places when you're walking on a road, is it like, oh, shit, and you fall into a river? Well, if I were walking on a road, I mean, on a deserted place i might not walk on the road i might walk on the side of the road so i'm not in the road in case somebody hits me and i mean i know that it's probably dark and you can see headlights and, and whatever but but maybe. plus i'd be looking for a ride and how where the foul play would come in hand and but i don't think that i i could see if it was he was driven off the road but I don't think that somebody's just waiting in the wings at mile marker 44, like, ooh, somebody went into a ditch. Now it's my time to shine. Like, what does that even mean? I think mean? they were in that abandoned farmhouse. Well, and that, don't go to any abandoned farmhouses ever. Well, you don't got to tell me that. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're, no. I won't. We don't need to worry about that. Don't do it. Okay. There are some, there is a good thing that happened, if you can say, you know, something positive that came from this. So we're going to talk about Brandon's law. After searches, Annette was still struck by the initial response of the Lind police that her son had the right to be missing when she told him how old he was. Told them how old he was. Yeah, for sure. Me too. She said, I'm his mother and I knew something was horribly wrong. Exactly. As soon as the oh shit and you couldn't get a hold of him, high alert right there. 
She and Brian began lobbying for changes in state law that would require an investigation into the case of missing adults to begin as soon as it's reported, much like what's already required in cases of um, abducted children. So there's no time limit that you have to wait. It starts immediately, which is Mm -hmm. super important. It is. Annette met with Marty Seifert, who was the minority leader of the state house of reps at the time, and she explained her experience. Seifert introduced a bill called Brandon's Law that would make that required change by amending the law governing the state's existing missing child program to change the word from child to person. He met resistance at first from state's law enforcement communities because that's a lot more work. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that makes sense, I guess, that they would... (laughs) Um, you know, push back on that. Dennis Fredrickson introduced a companion bill in the state Senate. After it passed both houses in May 2009, Governor Tim Pawlenty signed it into a law with the Swansons and their daughter, Jamine. Yeah, is I thought it was Jasmine for a minute, but that is the correct spelling. So I would say, yeah, Jamine. That's cute. Mm-hmm. In attendance at the ceremony. So that is that is good. It is good. Something positive out of this horrible situation. The change would also require that police, in addition to determining in their preliminary investigation that the reported person is indeed missing, determine whether that person is potentially in dangerous circumstances. Like we were talking about, something wasn't right. He was trying to be found. Oh, shit. Can't get a hold of him. Something is wrong here. They must notify other nearby law enforcement agencies promptly, which I feel like they did a pretty good job once they started working it. Um, Yeah. Brandon's law also clarifies that the agency taking the report is the lead agency investigating the case. Um, The absences of that distinction has created some problem in the later phases of the initial search when three different counties were involved. Which I could see, like, that's not my problem. That's you because, know, everybody. Well, yeah, that's because jurisdiction keeps passing, like, mm-hmm. as you find evidence, like, oh, the car was here. Oh, right. He went, he was in this county when he yeah. was walking. Yeah. Police uh, were no longer allowed to refuse a report based on an initial belief that no criminal activity was involved. Thank God. Right. Thank you God. Have to, you should not have to, like, convince the police that there's a crime in that way no we don't have time we don't have time for that right take seconds are taking by that are precious right following the governor's signature the law took effect at the beginning of july 2009 four other states have passed similar laws really so we need to be writing our state legislature yeah, every this should be everywhere. Law passed. Yeah. So I what are the other four states? I'm not sure. So you guys should all look into that and do some good local government work to get that passed because it should be everywhere. Mm-hmm. After his retirement, Seifert still has the pen he used to sign this bill into a law and said, I consider it one of the most important bills I authored in my 14 years. It will save lives. So absolutely. He's right. Yeah. So while I was doing the notes for this, I was being um, the best podcast host I could be and was giving Jamie the topic so she could then <laughs> do the graphic. <laughs> um, 
And she brought up that um, she listens to Crime Junkie and they had um, Ashley Flowers from the Crime Mm -hmm. Junkie podcast. She started this whole if I go missing folder. And according to the FBI, more than 85,000 people missing persons are investigated in the U.S., Um, so that's a lot and anything you can do to give them everything that you need. So, I mean, make one for your kids, for your husband, for your grandparents. I mean, everybody should have one of these. So we're going to just go over what should be included in this. Um, so then hopefully you can make one and hopefully this never has to be used, but if so, it's all in one location. Right. Do you want me to read what you have to do? Yeah, go ahead. It's a lot. Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You'll need a clear, recent face photo, fingerprints, online and personal technology logins, social media passwords, bank account numbers, dental and other medical records, a copy of your driver's license, photos of identifying scars or tattoos, photos of jewelry you wear often, names and addresses of places you frequent, handwriting samples, vehicle information such as license plates, VIN, photos of the vehicle, layout of your typical daily routes, let me take a breath, (sighs) cell phone, (laughs) and laptop serial numbers, names and descriptions of the relationships with the people closest to you, contact info for your family members and closest friends. What a hacker's paradise. I know. Where do you keep <laughs> this folder? Probably right on your desktop, unsecured. Uh, with, I mean, so that's the, you know, yeah, maybe it yeah. should be a file that you keep in a safe somewhere where somebody else knows where the key is, not on also, your desktop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'm like cracking up about like names and descriptions of the relationships with the people closest to you. Like, putting people's names down like this person is a biatch right (laughs) if i'm missing it's probably them well and i think that anytime (laughs) i go and like sell something on facebook marketplace or if i go (laughs) like i always screenshot the picture and i'm like okay if something happens this is what i'm doing even though Uh you know nine times out of ten nothing happens but that one time you don't do it is the time you go missing with the other eighty-five thousand people yeah, every so, time I ever took an Uber, like w- early days of Uber, I guess I don't do it now. If I take an Uber by myself, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, if I'm with another person, I'm like we can fight them off. But by myself, I always like tell people I'm getting in an Uber and like here's the information. Like I sent screenshot and send it. And I used to do that too. I'm trying to think of like oh, like if I caught a ride home with somebody that I didn't know that well. Right. I feel like those situations in cars with people I didn't know at all before. (laughs) Well, we used to do that all the time because we were idiots. Yeah. Well, and and I'm thinking about a time I was at a a concert in Kentucky and was super drunk and was trying to ride a bike. And you do this with another person. I know. (laughs) I was with another person. It was an all day outdoor music concert. All right. I don't know what you want me to say. And we were, it was like miles. We had to ride our bikes. So we got a ride home from people. And I remember we sent like pictures, license plate, like all this info to all sorts of people, like me and the person I was with. Cause we were like, mm-hmm. this, this is a terrible idea, <laughs> but well, we least- really don't want to ride these bikes. 
<laughs> well, at least you knew it was a terrible idea and you did everything you could aside from the right aside thing of not, not going in. I know. There's a couple well, of those. Well, we I did a um, self-defense class on Saturday, which I highly recommend to anybody out there who might be a little nervous. Like we had a um, thing that happened a couple weeks ago where in a Lowe's parking lot, a woman was approached from behind and a knife was stuck to her throat and he was trying to take her car and she got away. I don't really know exactly how she got away, um, but that kind of just like, especially during the holidays, you're preoccupied with what you've got going on. If you have kids that you're paying attention to, you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, always look uh, or always park in a well-lit area. Don't be on your phone. Whenever you go to your car, pay attention. Um, there are little devices that you can get that really will help. Like some people use their keys in between their fingers, but in the self-defense class, they said that your keys will actually kind of fold in on themselves and might actually hurt you instead. So like they have mm-hmm. those little batons you can put on your key ring. Um, also like your windpipe is something that's super like you have to be okay with killing somebody though like that's what they told us in the class it's like you have to make your mind up as to how far you're willing to go if you're willing to ruin somebody's life forever and yeah I mean I feel like I am if they're trying to hurt me because and they and they preached about you know we all know being true crime people that you never let them take you to a second location because Mm -hmm. that your your chances drop bad news nothing happens abandoned warehouse terrible things so um so yeah i i it was they were the only defense class that i've seen that they don't want to give you false empowerment to think that you're above being taken you know over but they do try to give you tips to help and give you the most chance and and the reality of the situation is is that it probably isn't going to happen you know but not oh yeah hopefully not it is good to have for anybody or if you know if you need it for for somebody else at least you have some bare bones knowledge so how did they tell you to hit the person in the windpipe with like your palm so no so you take your first finger and your middle finger your middle finger on top of your first finger Uh there's a bone in the like your collarbone feel your collarbone and then slide it up to your neck and when it gets soft that's your windpipe. So if you put like three, I forget what they said, three pounds of pressure, it will crush a windpipe and they will die. And they'll so, die. Because yeah, they can't breathe. So if you get one hand free, get your two fingers together and crush your windpipe. Or they say go for the eyes. And eyes are goopy. Like, I don't know if I could stick my, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I could do because you never know until you're in that situation. I feel like if I thought I was going to die, I would stick my fingers in somebody's eyes. Oh, yeah. If I thought I was going to die, I will do literally anything. I'm very scrappy. But thinking about, I don't know, just thinking about killing somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and you have to. Well, and the sad part about it, too, is they were talking about, like, weapons. Like, if you have a stun gun and Mm -hmm. somebody grabs you from behind and you whip around with a stun gun and you get them in the chest, they will most likely have a heart attack. And they will probably, yeah, like a stun gun, not a taser. Oh, okay. So, 
but there are different laws. Like you have to make sure that you will not, because I hear stuff all the time, like a robber falls through a skylight in the, in a kitchen and lands on a knife and sues the people that he was trying to rob that he got cut and he freaking won. Like that is insanity. So you have to always be fearful of your life. If you are going to do those things, because I mean, you have to be. What is a stun gun? Like where you shoot it? This one, I don't know what the difference is between a taser and a stun gun. I think it might have to be something with like the voltage. Um, But there are laws in certain states that you can't hit somebody in the chest or you can't hit them in certain areas because it will, they will die. Potentially kill them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, where's my right? just walking along in lows right yeah not to try to get taken but you have to be careful with tasers anyways another time i was also in the same city that i got into the cars with strangers but it was a different time it was in louisville was it the same person that you were with nope (laughs) it was a different person we were in a parking garage because I was getting ready to bartend for their um like fourth of no it's not the it's the red white and boom thing that they do mm-hmm. down in Louisville, and I was gonna be bartending for a few days and making lots of money under the table. We were in the hotel that we were staying at, and we were in the garage, and people came up and asked for money, and we were like, we don't we don't have any money because we did not like please leave. And they like walked around the corner, but it was like real freaking sketchy. So the person I was with had a little, I guess Mm -hmm. it's a taser, like the little stick that shocks you, but she had never used it before. So she was getting it out and we were going to like have it. And she uh, zapped herself. Oh no. (laughs) That that gives me such anxiety. Like, you know, those pins. Those pins that just kind of, I would literally, I don't, I'm not a runner. I would run away from those because they were big (laughs) whenever we were in school. They were very big. Those like rattle your bones. I don't like it. Like electricity, like being shocked. No, not for you. (laughs) No, but a lot of the times you don't even have like the, the noise, like the sound is enough enough to deter because a lot of people don't like to be shocked. You know, like, yeah. And it is very like she pulled it out of her purse and did it. And we all like because we weren't expecting it, but it is Mm -hmm. a very distinct sound, just like a shotgun. If you, if you turn around and go the other way. Yep. It is a deterrent, which is sometimes all you need. So yeah, I'd rather that than have to stick my fingers in somebody's eyeballs or kill them by punching them. You just poke them with your fingers in the neck right yeah there. just right there, just, just poke them mm-hmm. well we were doing so oh. they lined us up in three lines and these poor boys that were like uh, black belts because <laughs> we did it at a taekwondo studio um but they all stood there and we got to do it like they would choke they would put their hands around our neck and ch- not ch- squeeze but just so to get our, the effect and then we would have to find it that way we knew what it felt like and i mm-hmm. felt so bad because you don't want to like really do it at all right yeah um so yeah it's it's crazy the stuff that you can do and we also broke a board with our hands which was really cool and that the amount and it wasn't hard like we balled our fist up and hit it with like the palm the pinky side of our um balled up fist 
and yeah. it snapped right in half like nothing and that is the amount the same amount of pressure that you need to break a bone which is not very much oh interesting we're all so, very fragile aren't we which is kind of amazing we're all in these like jelly suits just like Walking going through life flimsy bones yeah and all and- these points on our body that you could easily kill us with by poking <laughs> right and like there's a spot on your foot like a lot of it is just like body mechanics and understanding the body and if you yeah. understand the body you'll understand what hurts the body and then you just have to go there <laughs> and right. then it's fine <laughs> good to know so so i don't know i highly I recommend that yeah for it's, sure well you know it, but then we all would get in lines and then they would grab us like on the hand or grab us behind and you know they didn't we didn't know which way they were going to grab and then we had to use what we knew to get out of it and I forgot like (laughs) they just told me I'm like I don't know but somebody's touching me so who knows what will happen in that in that moment but at least I can say that I went and I gave it a good college try (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's it's nerve-wracking so, I feel like I would scream first. That's what you should do first. First and foremost, and I have is use your voice. Very, I have a very high pitched scream. People yes, don't you do. want to be around for that if I yeah. put my full heart into it. <laughs> yeah, and they say now don't don't yell fire anymore. Like yell help, no stop, that sort of thing. Because if you yell, I mean, people are gonna be like, oh, nothing's going on. They're just jerking yeah. around. But if you scream bloody murder, somebody's gonna be like, we should maybe check this out a little bit. Right. So, but yes, highly recommend the If I Go Missing file, not uh, digital. Yeah, put and, it in a safe, a fireproof safe or something. Yes, and make sure people know about where to find it. And, mm-hmm. um, and then highly recommend a self-defense class. And that's about it. So I'll go ahead and cite my sources. Um, I used wiki and investigationdiscovery.com and then crime junkie podcast, um, Ashley flowers and that good idea of the, if I go missing file. So nice. Yeah. All right. Well, do you got anything else to say? No. Okay. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this episode 120. Oh, wait. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) If you made it this far, we love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. That's right. And we hope you enjoyed episode 120 on the disappearance of Brandon Swanson. Said it normal that time. You're welcome. Good, Good job. And we hope you have a good week. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. 